Today's shir in Yerushalmi Sanhedrin is dedicated to the memory of Pesach Gershon ben Yisrael Fish, Olive Shalom, and for a Rafu Shalema for Yosef Yisrael ben Zelda Besok Shar Chole Yisrael. We are beginning in the Ozvahara edition on Dafchaf Aleph Amid Beis, five lines from the bottom of the Amid, with the third word on the line, Rav Chizda Boy. In the Vilna edition, it is on Daf Yud Zayin Amid Aleph. As we begin the Gemara, let us give a short Hagdama. We learned in the last year two important Klalim that are Negea to our Sugya. The first one was that a Rishon Bishlishi is Posle Edis. A grandfather to his grandson is a Rishon Bishani, because a grandfather to his son is considered Rishon Bishlishi, a father to a son, and the grandfather to his son's son is therefore a Rishon Lishani. The brother of the grandfather would be a Shlishi, because we're now moving over through the grandfather to his brother, the great uncle. That's a the great uncle is the Rishon, and the great nephew would be the Shlishi. So a Rishon Bishlishi is postulatus. We also learned right before the Gemara that we're starting that Baal Kishtoi, that through marriage there is also a Psol. The Gemara's question is Does the rule of Baal Kishtoi apply in a case of Rishon Lishlishi. Rav Chizda boy, Rav Chizda had a question. Dor Shlishi, for example, in the case of Pinchas, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akayin, and to Aaron's brother, Moshe. So Moshe would be a Dor Rishon, and Pinchas would be a Dor Shlishi. He's going through Elazar to Aaron, that's a Shani Berishon, over to Moshe, that's a Shlishi to the Rishon. So Dor Shlishi Pinchas Mauter Baeshis Rishon. Is he mutter to testify concerning the wife of Moshe, who is the Rishon? Or similarly, the other question. Moshe, who's a Rishon, he's the great uncle. Mahushe Mutter Baeshis Pinchas. Is he mutter to testify to the wife of Pinchas? So we have here Rishon Bishlishi. And we have here, through marriage, the concept of Baal Kishtai. The Gemara's question is, do we say Baal Kishtai to Pasala'edis even by a distant korav like a Shlishi to a Rishan? The Gemara is poishet this question from a machloikis between Rishlokish and Rabbi Yechelen. Rishlokish Omar, mekablem dor sheni vidor shlishi midoichek. Midoichek means if there's no other alternative, if there are no other witnesses, then we accept the sheni to a shlishi. Midoichek. Rabbi Yechelen Omar, afilu miravach. No, you don't have to do it only by the Yavid, even l'chatchila, you're allowed to accept as edis, a sheni and a shlishi. So the Gemara's raya is that the whole machloikis between Rabbi Yechon and Rishlokis is by Shani to Ashlishi. However, and the word Gemara here is speaking through marriage. However, from a Rishon to a Shlishi, which is a closer relative, there there would not be any machloikis. Everyone would agree that it's possible Adis. Why is Rishon Lishlishi? a closer relative than Shani Tishlishi, because Shani Tishlishi would mean that you have to go through one more 
family member. You're starting off with Pinchas, Ben Elazar, Ben Aaron. That's the grandson to the grandfather. You're going over to Moshe, the great uncle. Then you're going down to Ashani. So a Shlishi to Ashani is further removed than a Shlishi to Arisha. And the whole Machlokes of Yerach Moshlokes is by Shani and Shlishi. Is it only a bit of or is it even Lachatchila? That's a mashma that it would be Shlishi to Rishin, again through marriage, because Rabbi Yechon Rishlokish are also speaking through marriage. If it would be a Rishin to a Shlishi through marriage, there everyone would agree that the Adis is puzzle, that you cannot accept a Rishin through marriage to a Shlishi or a Shlishi through marriage to a Rishin. The Gemara now refers back to the Mishnah on Davchaf Aleph Amid Aleph, where we had a machloikis towards the end of the Mishnah, where the Mishnah said, Hoya kosher. For example, a father-in-law and a son-in-law, and the daughter of the father, the wife of the son-in-law, was Nefteras. She passed away. So that is Korvinus Rache Kosher. The father-in-law can testify or judge the case of the son-in-law and vice versa as well, because they are not considered related anymore. However, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, Mesa The daughter died. However, she left over children. The son-in-law has children from his deceased wife. So then, they're still considered the father-in-law and the son-in-law. They're considered related to each other because of the children. And we'll see further in the Gemara who the halacha is like. But now the Gemara is going to give an incident which will bring out this halacha of Korv and Israchik is kosher. Kahadol, Agisa, like the case of a brother-in-law to Rav Huna of Rav Huna, where Rav Huna's wife's sister was married to this person, and she died, the sister. So Rav Huna and his former brother-in-law are not considered related anymore, similar to the father-in-law and the son-in-law, where the son-in-law's wife was Nefteris. As we turn to Dav Chof Beis Omer Aleph, Havale Din, this brother-in-law, after his wife died, had a Din Torah Mechad Barnash with one person. Omer, he said, Kol Mad Rav Huna Omer, Whatever Rav Huna will paskin, I accept it upon myself. In other words, he wanted Rav Huna to adjudicate this case. Shama Rav Huna, Rav Huna heard about what his former brother-in-law said. Va'omar Kadein, he is correct. Yoidani, I know. Kishem Sh'amru Milmalon, just like they said, one generation higher, in other words, a father-in-law to a son-in-law, so too they said the same halacha when it's one generation lower, when it's two brothers-in-law, that if it's Nisrachek, if the wife's sister dies, that's equal to the daughter, the wife of the son-in-law, if she's Nifteris, even though it's a generation above or below, it does not make any difference. And therefore, Rav Huna was able to paskin the halacha in the case of his former brother-in-law. Now, who is the halacha like? Is the halacha like the Tanakhama, that in all cases, Korvinus Rachig is kosher? Or is the halacha like Rabbi Yehuda, that if children were left over, that still connects the son-in-law to the father-in-law, 
and each one would be possible to judge or to say a this on the other. Who's the Allah alike? Because the Tanakhama holds that even if there are children, that's considered Korv and Israchik. Zakta Gemara, Rav Yirmiya, Bishem Rav, Rav Yirmiya said in the name of Rav, Halachik Rav Yudah, the Allah is like Rav Yehuda, that if children are there, then there's still a relationship between the father-in-law and the son-in-law, and they would be possible or to be a dayan one on the other. Continues the Gemara with the next Mishnah, Halacha Zayin, who else is possible besides a Korav? Someone who's a very close friend of yours or someone who you despise. And the Mishnah now will define what is an Oyev and what is a Sayyid. What is considered a very close friend who love each other? That's a person who gives gifts during the chasna and also for the whole Sheva Brachas. So that person is considered very close to the chasen, and therefore he's possible to be an aid, he's possible to be a diet. Vahasone, what's considered a sone? They had a dispute, and they, at the moment, dislike each other, and for three days they don't speak to each other, that's considered a sone, and that person is possible to be an aid and to be a dayan. Amrulai, Sarechachamim, said to the Tan of the Mishnah, Klal Yisrael is not suspected to, as the Mephorshim will explain, we'll see in the Pnei Moshe and in the Korbaneda, they're not expected to fabricate a case, even if they're an Ayav and a Sina, if there is a shut case. It's clear. Anyone who was there sees what the case was and they don't make up cases. So even an Ayyavan Asayna are kosher le'edis. Now what about Dayanis? Let's look first in the Korban Eidah. In the right hand column right after the Mishnah. They are not suspected to give false testimony on a clear case to fabricate Adis, they're not suspected, even if they are an Oyev and a Sainim. V'davka be'edis pligi, the whole machloikis in our mission is only by Adis, avol ledin, but concerning to be a dayan, the Rabbonin, the apostle. There the Rabbonin are mighty to the Tanakhama, that an Oyev and a Sainim would be possible. The kivin, the sanilei, loimotzilafuche b'shusei. I just said that both an Oyev and a Sainim would be possible to be a dayan. That's the sheet of the Pnei Moshe. But actually, the Korban Eidah seems to disagree because the Korban Eidah says that Kivan the Sanile, because he hates him, he's an Oyev, he's a Soine. Since he hates him, he hasn't spoken to him in three days because of the dispute that they had. He's not going to be able to find a schus, a merit for the person that he despises. That's the sheet of the carbonate. It seems, since the carbonate did not discuss oyev, it seems that an oyev would be able to look at this case objectively, and if there's a schus, he'll give him the schus, and if there's a chiv, chayv, something that's detrimental to his friend's case, he'll be able to look at it objectively, according to the carbonate. Let's look into the Pnei Moshe, Says the Pnei Moshe, Divri around ten lines on the left-hand column in the short lines, Sheker. 
to testify falsely, Mishum Eva Ava, Vechain Halacha, that is the Halacha, that the Apostle Adis. And the reason that there's a difference between Adis and Dionis, as we saw in the Korban Eida, and we're going to see now in the Pnei Moshe, is because Adis is objective. There, there's a clear, open and shut case. Either he did it or he didn't do it. They're not going to fabricate. However, Dionis is subjective. It's dependent on how the Dayan views the case. And then we say that, according to the Corban Eida, a Sone will not be able to look at it objectively to find a merit, a schus, for the person that he despises. And according to the Pnei Moshe, both an Oiv and a Sone are possible to be a Dayan. The Dafka Be'edis Pligi continues the Pnei Moshe. They're only arguing in our Mishnah concerning Edis, whether an Oiv and a Sone are a Kosher Apostle Edis. That's the only case Pligi Rabban led that the Rabban argue on the Tanakam Avol Bedin, when it comes to Dayanis, might the Rabban and the Rabban agree, the Apostle Oyladim, that the Oyiv and the Sain are Apostle. The E, Racham if he's an Oyiv and he has mercy he, he on his friend, so ain't a royal Echoyiva, then he's not going to see a detriment to his friend. The E, Sani Olay, and if he despises him, he's not going to be able to find a merit for the person that he despises. So we see in the Pnei Moshe that he mentions both an Oyev and a Sainu would be possible din, even according to the Rabban, and they're mighty to the Tanakhama. Whereas the Korban Eida only mentioned the Sanile, only by an Oyev, it seems from the Korban Eida, he would disagree with the Pnei Moshe, and he would say that an Oyev is kosher to be a dayan. Begins the Gemara on the words of the Mishnah, Eva Rav Tavloi, Rav Rav, Rav Tavloi said in the name of Rav in the name of Rav. When is he considered an Oyehev, a very close friend? Veshiva Simei Hamishdeshanu. We're speaking about the whole Sheva Brachas. Says the Carbonate. Here, the are telling us two chedushim. Number one, that it's not only on the day of the chasana, when he's giving him gifts. Mikri, Upasula, he's considered a Shishbina, a very close friend. He's giving gifts a whole Shavar Brachas. So during the Chuppah and the Shavar Brachas, he's a, oh, have a close friend, he cannot testify. It also tells you a second condition. It also is excluding from after the Shavar Brachas, and further, he's not considered an Oyev, and therefore he is able to testify. Continues the Mishnah, How do the judges check the Eidim? They used to bring in all the Eidim. The Mishnah here is speaking about that there were more than two Eidim. There were several Eidim, so they used to intimidate these Adim, as the Corbinator says, that they would tell them that even those people who hired you, if you are Ede Sheker, 
they are mevazi you. They hold very little of you that for some money you're going to testify falsely. So that's the intimidation of the Dayanim over the Edim. Umaitzin oisan l'chutz. They take out all the Edim except for one. Which one? Umishairin is hagadol shabam, the most prominent aid amongst this group. He stays behind in the Bezdin. V'oimrim loy. And the Bezin says to him, and more, How do you know that Reuven is chayv to Shimon this money? Now, certainly, if these Edom were Ederia, they saw the actual loan taking place. Of course, that's very valid testimony. That is not what our mission is speaking about. Our mission is speaking about that the Edom said, we did not see the loan. However, we know that he owes the money. On that, we go into it, even though, for example, by Dine Nefashis, there's Drisha V'chakira, there's all kinds of questions. We want to make sure that Reuven killed Shimon. And usually Dine Mominus do not require such a extensive search whether their words are valid or not. But if they're coming to court to say, we know it, then we do have to go after the Edom to find out clearly how they know it, because sometimes their Yidi, as we will see further, is not considered a Yidi, and sometimes it is considered a Yidi. So we check into the Edom. Now the uh, Mishnah said here, we remove the Edom Lechutz. However, the Lashon of the Bavli is not only do the Edom go out except for the most prominent one, but we also remove all the spectators. And we do this in order that we can search the Edom more carefully, more thoroughly, because if there are spectators there, it's more difficult than if you are interrogating the witness in private. So there's a machlaikas here in the girsa between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi's girsa is a son referring to the Adam, and the Bavli's girsa is Moitzin as Kol Adam Lechutz. The only one who remains is the prominent aid in private. So the Mishnah now says, How do you know? Im Omar, who Omar Li Shani Chayvloi. He told me we were schmoozing, we were talking, and uh, in our conversation he said, I owe Shimon $5,000, or how do I know that Reuven is chayv to Shimon $5,000? Because my friend told me that uh, he knows, he saw it, or he uh, he heard the uh, litigant admitting whatever the case may be, but I did not see it, I did not hear it, so I'm an aid me aid. I'm relying on the other witness, that's possible, that aidus is not considered a valid aidus. In both of these cases that we mentioned, who Omar li shani chayvloi, or ish ploini Omar li chayvloi, loi Omar klum, the Mishra says that is not a valid aidus. Now why is it not a valid aidus if he says that Reuven was moited to me that he owes Shimon $5,000. So let us see in the Korban Eida, which is very close to where we are in the Gemara, a few lines down, the Ovid Inish de Omar Ploini Noisha B, he says that I owe money to the Malve, 
to the lender. Why does somebody admit that he owes money to the lender if he really doesn't? So that people should not consider him a rich person. If he's borrowing money, obviously he's not a rich person. And he wants people to think that he's not a rich person. He doesn't want uh, yeshivas and kolim coming to him and asking him for big donations. So he'd rather that people think that he is not an usher. So therefore, it's like what the Gemara considers mishat anibach. He's he's um, making fun of the of the a. He's he doesn't really mean it seriously what he is saying. So therefore, loyamer club ad. Until this aid will say, Let us see the Korban Eida. The two litigants were in front of us, in front of the two And here he legitimately meant to be Moide that he owes his friend money. So first of all, we can be medayik that the carbonated says shahoya shneim b'fanenu. The malva and the loiva were in front of the adam. Therefore, the case before where we had who amarli, it seems that the, only the loiva was speaking to the aid, but the malva wasn't there, and therefore we consider it that uh, he really didn't mean it. The loiva, however, here where you have the, the malva and the loiva in front of the two adam, there he means it. Because he maybe he's also saying uh, I'm an ani, I'm borrowing money that people shouldn't think he's an usher. No, because once he admits it in front of the malva and in front of the two adam, then he really means it because otherwise he's afraid that he will be sued. If he really doesn't mean it, and he's just trying to fool people to think that he's not an usher, he's going to have to pay money because the Malva is going to come after him and sue him in court and say he was Moda in front of uh, the two Adam and I was there also. So therefore, we say that if it's in front of two Adam with the Malva and the Loiva both there, that he really means it. Let us look in the Pnei Moshe. The Pnei Moshe says, B'fanenu hoi b'fanenu. He says, like the Korban Eida, that both the Malv and the Loiva were there, and therefore he had Kavana to be Moide, that he really owes him the money. Now, the Gemara is going to tell us one more case where he really means it, even though the Adam did not see the actual Alva. Rabbi Yaisi said in the name of Rabbi Yaichanan, Mishaven. If he had kavana, and we're going to see in the Korban Eida, even though the other litigant, the Malva, was not here in this case. But if the two Adam heard him say, Atem Aida, you are my witnesses. I really mean it. I, I'm not saying it in order to fool you and to fool people to think I'm an Ani. But rather, what did he say? He said, I'm making you Adam that my Haido is a real Haido. If Atem Eida, you're my witnesses to this, that even if the Malv is not there, the Yedia of the Adam is considered a good Yedia. Let us look in the Korban Eida and in the Pnei Moshe. Let's look first in the Pnei Moshe, which is uh, around 10 lines before it becomes wide. In the Pnei Moshe, in the left-hand column, 
im Omar hu Omar li lav klumu. If the aide says that he told it to me, it doesn't mean anything. Dafke amira bialma. That's only we were schmoozing and he just said it to me. Then we could say that he wants to act as a poor man. The Ovid and Shachi, people do that. Avol im Omar shabaderech but he says, I'm not schmoozing. I really mean this. Then their edus is considered a valid yediyah. The korban edom adds, divri amaskel im hoyo mischave and limsol edus, the first divri amaskel right after the Gemara begins around 20 lines before it becomes wide. He says, you are you are my witnesses. That I owe money to Shimon. This is what the Corbinator is adding to the Pnei Moshe. Even though the Malva was not there, his Adis is considered a valid Adis. Continues the Gemara, Kate said, done in what is the Seder of how the judges judge? Hadayonim Yoishrim. The Dayonim are sitting down as the Corbinator brings the Possek. Ayeshev, Moshe, Lishboy the Saw, Moshe, the Dayan sat down to judge the people. Back to the Gemara, Vani Doinin, and the litigants, Oimdin, they are standing. How do we know that? Says the Corbinator, the Chsiv. That the two litigants who have the quarrel, they have to stand in front of the Dayanim. Back to the Gemara. The one who's making the claim, he begins with his words. In other words, Rishon, he starts first. In other words, the Nitva, the one who has the claim against him, doesn't have to begin to defend himself until the Teveya begins first. Shinemar, how do we know this? Because the Postic says, Mi Baldvorim Yigash Aleim. Whoever is a person with claims, he should approach the Besdin. How do we know that the one who wants to take money away from the other one, he has to bring the proofs? Rav Krispa B'Shem, Rav Chananiah Ben Gamliel, he says, we learned in the Pasig, Yiga Shalayim, he should approach the Bezdin. And we say that the word Yigash means Yogish Rayosef, he should approach the Bezdin by presenting his proofs. He has to prove it. Rabbi Yochanan boy, Rabbi Yochanan had a question. The Yavama by Yavama, who the Yavam is going to do chalitza to the Yavama, me, Miradavachami, who chases whom? Does the Yavama have to go to the Bezdin of the Yavam, or vice versa, the Yavam has to go to the Bezdin that the Yavama chooses? And Lechaira, this has nothing to do with the Gemara that we learned earlier in the Yashalmi, uh, that there are two criteria which are the prominent Bezdin, and the distance that the Bezdin is to the litigants. We learned that uh, if it's the same distance, and Tveria has a more prominent Bezdin than another city, then we go to the uh, Bezdin in Tveria. And in the same city, if there's a Bezdin Agodol or a Bezdin Agodol, we go to the Bezdin Agodol. 
But that's only in a case where there could be arguments and the Bezin has to be machriyad, they have to decide whose arguments are correct and whose are not. However, here it's an open and shut case that there is a Yavama who the Yavam doesn't want to make Yibam, he wants to make chalitza, and therefore has nothing to do with prominence or distance. Uh, the Gemara just is asking, Rabbi Yechon is asking, who chases who, the Yavam after the Yavim, or vice versa? Amr Hasev, Rabbi Lazar, so Rabbi Lazar responded, Vaksev, there's a Pasuk, Vaosivim to Yashara, that the Yavam has to go to the Bezdin. So in this Pasuk, it seems clear that the Yavama has to chase the Yavim, she has to go to the Bezdin that the Yavim wants to go to. Amar Rabbi Yechelen said this reply of his Talmud, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yechelen said, Yafali madni Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar taught me very well. If we look in the Korbanayda, there are two Pshatim, the Korbanayda in the right-hand column, in the fifth line where it gets medium-wide, Yafali madni Rabbi Lazar, he admitted, he said, you're right. Lishnach Rina, another pshat, derech schoikam, or he said it jokingly, as if he didn't know the raya. Rabbi Yechelen knew the raya. He made it as if he needs his Talmud to answer. The only reason Rabbi Yechelen asked this question, boy, Rabbi Yechelen boy, was only to make the Talmudim sharp. But he really didn't need his Talmud to teach him this halacha from this Pasuk. So he jokingly said, Rabbi Lazar taught me very well. They said in the name of Rabbi Yanai, As we said before, first the one who's making the claim, he makes the claim. And the one who the claim is against, he responds. Vadayin makriya, and then the dayin decides who is correct and who is not correct. Now, according to this opinion, the dayin doesn't have to repeat the claims of both litigants. When he hears it from both litigants, he is makriya. He decides what the halacha is. However, Rab Simon disagrees. Amar Rab Simon. The dying first, before he's machria, before he decides, he has to repeat the tainus of the two litigants, the claims of the two litigants, Shinem, or how do we know this? From a pasuk concerning Shloima Melech, when he had the case of the two women, and one woman said, this is my child, the live one, you have the dead one, and the other woman said vice versa, before Shlomo Melch decided the case, he said, This one is saying, my son is the live one and your son is the dead one. And the other woman is saying the same thing. And now I have to be Makriya. Why does a dying, according to Rav Simon, have to repeat? Because we want to make sure that he is correctly saying over the tightness of both litigants and he's not making a mistake in what each side is claiming. That is what Rav Simon holds. However, Rav Brechia and Rav Chelboy and Rav Bo in the name of Rav Yanai, they said, no, the dying is Machriya without having to repeat what the tightness of the two litigants are. Continues the Gemara. Rav Hunik had Avichami Sadi Bichavna. Rav Hunik, when he saw Adam, were saying the exact same thing with the same words. Avichakar, he would look into it. Perhaps they are lying because they were Machavan, their Adis, to say the exact same words. But Vikad Havichami, Hachan Vachan, if he would see the Adam 
saying it one way and the other, they were not saying the exact words. Even if certain small details were not exact, but if the Iker Eidus was exact, then he would be Mechavan, he would join together the two Eidus so that they would be saying the same thing. They would be testifying on the same Eidus correctly. Rav Huna, Mekel, Adayna, Rav Huna would curse Adayna, Da'amr, Mekabla, Nolechen, Chatzadeh. Are you Mekabla upon yourself one aid? Because the plaintiffs have, even though the Iker Eidus in the Torah is two aid, but the plaintiffs have a right to say, we are Mekabla upon ourselves, the Eidus of one aid. But Rav Huna was Mekal, the Dayan, who would suggest by himself, that the litigant should take one edus. El or Yemran Inan, they should come up with the idea to accept one edus. But the judge should not be the one who is starting off this process. Rav Huna ki yada, and as we turn to the Pchav Beis on the days, when Rav Huna knew Zachu, Eschus, Lebarnash Bedina, to an individual in his din, which the litigant did know this schus. He did not know this schus for himself. So Rav Huna would open it up for him. Rav Huna would reveal that you do have this schus. Al shame, based on the Pasuk, open your mouth for the person who is mute. Here the litigant was mute in this schus. He didn't know that he had a good claim. Therefore, Rav Huna opened up his mouth to bring a schus on behalf of that litigant. Rav Avua said in the name of Rav Yochanan, Hamachamen Eidav Achariagedev, someone hides his witnesses behind the fence, Loyasaklum. So the litigant, the loyve, even if he's moited that he owes the money, the edus of the edim is worthless, says the carbonate the top left. Hamachamin ha master edim achorigedim. Somebody hides witnesses behind the fence. Sheyishmu that they should hear my yedaber boy chaver what his friend is saying to him. V'yomel chaveri and he said to his friend, Monali biyotcha, you owe me a hundred dollars. Omar hein and he said, yes, I do. And the witnesses heard him admit it. Even though the witnesses heard it, it's meaningless. Why? Since the loyva did not know that there are Adam behind the fence, his admission is not considered an admission. Because he can say, I was fooling around with you. You made an absurd statement that I owe you money. And I was fool. I made an absurd statement back to you. Yes, I owe you the money, but I really didn't mean it. If their Adam are standing there, then as we learned before, then his admission is an admission. But in this case, he could say Mishata Anibach. Kehadol, like the following incident that took place. Chad Barnash, there was one person, Ashgach Lemegus Gav Ariston. He invited his fellow litigant, to join him in a suda. There was a dispute between a malva and a loiva, whether he owed them the money or not, and the malva invited the loiva to come to his suda. Omar lay in the middle of the suda, he says to the loiva, give me what you owe me. Omar lay in, he said, yes, I'll give it to you. Basser to come, and after they got up from the suda, Omar lay, so the loiva, the alleged loiva, said to the malva, 
I am not chayv to you anything. Omar lay, the Malva said to the loivim, Isli sadin, I have witnesses. Omar lay, loyomard, el began the loyimurv migustok. The only reason I admitted to you that I owe you money, I didn't want to start arguing with you in front of your guests and making a whole commotion and disturbing the Osuda. That's why I admitted to you. They came in front of Rav Ami, and to Paskin, this Shiloh, he said over what Rabbi Yochanan had said, if somebody hides Adam behind the fence, he did nothing. There are two Pshatim in the Korban Eida, let us learn it inside. They came in front of Rav Ami. And he said, This is similar. This can be compared to that which Rabbi Yechelen says. If somebody hides Adam behind the fence, he did nothing. Because the alleged loyve can say to the Malva, I was fooling around with you. That's what we say by hiding Adam behind a fence, as we learned before. Hachanami, similarly in this case, Amrinin Lechtach Omar The reason I admitted to you, I didn't want to disrupt the Suda. So now, as according to the first shot in the Korbanaida, it's not the exact case of Machmanaidim, but it has the same logic why his admission is meaningless. Lishnach Rina, second shot. Here it's speaking about where he hid the Adam behind the fence, behind some mechitza that was at the Suda. And this is mamish the case of Rabbi Yochanan, of Hamachman, that somebody who hides his Adam behind the fence, but the Korbanator says, Vaharishan Nirai, like better the first shot than the second shot. Continues the mission, Allah after we learned in the last mission, they would bring in the prominent first aid, then they brought in the second aid. I say they check him. If the aidus of both aidim is the exact same, that they were saying equally to each other, then the Dayanim discussed the matter back and forth and to come up with a verdict. Now, what happens if after the Aiden present their Eidus and the Malva presents his claims and they come to Pasch in the Din, Shnayim or Mzakai, two of the Dayonim say he's innocent, he doesn't have to pay, and one says, yes, he has to pay, he's Chayev. The Din is, we go after the two against one, Zakai. He does not have to pay. The opposite, Shnayim or Mzakai, two Dayonim said he's Chayev. And one of the Dayanim said he's innocent. We go after the two. What happens if one says innocent? One says guilty. And one says, I don't know. So we add two Dayanim until we have a majority that either Paskin Chayev or Paskin. Zakai vafilu shnaim mezakin or mechayven veechad armer yed eni yedeya yosif vadayonet. Even if you have two say zakai and one says I don't know, or two say chayv and one says I don't know, so even if he would know and he would paskin in the case of shnaim or mechayv, he would paskin zakai. 
we would go after the Shnaimar Mechayev, or the case of Shnaimar Mezakai, and he says Chayev, we would go after the two who say Zakai. So why should we add Dayanim here when even if he would know, the Psak would not be like him? Yet the Allah is Yisifa Dayanim. We have to have a majority of Dayanim against the minority where each one is saying his Psak and not to have one who is saying any Yodeya. There's Gemara. They brought in the second aid, and the Gemara is going to go through various dinim, and we'll see at the end how does Nagaya our sugya. It says in the Torah that on Yom Kippur the Kohen Gadol had to bring Shnei Seirim, two goats. One went to Hashem and one went to Azazel. So now the Gemara asks, Miyut Seirim Shnayim, the minimum amount of Seirim, which is a Loshan Rabim. It includes many is two. So Matam Why did the Torah have to say Shnei? We know that there were two goats because it uses the plural, and we always go after the minimum of the plural, which is two. It teaches us Shiyu Shnei and Shavan that both goats had to be exactly the same in their appearance. Similarly, we have Kvasim. By the Mitzorah, the last day of his Tahara, he has to bring two Kvasim, two sheep. Now again, it says Shnei Kvasim, Miyut Kvasim Shnaim. The minimum of the Lashen Rabim of Kvasim, of many Kvasim, is two. So Matam Alamr Shnei, why did the Torah have to say again Shnei Kvasim? The answer is the same answer. Sheyu Shneim Shavim, both should be equal. A third halacha, Tziparim, we find by the Mitzorah that he had to bring two birds during his Kapara, during his Tahara. Miyut Tziparim Shnaim, the Miyut of the plural of Tziparim is two. So Matam Alamr Shnei, why did the Torah have to say two? Same answer, Sheyu Shavuz, they should be equal. Chatzaitris, the silver trumpets that Moshe made, Miyut Chatzaitris, Shtayim, the Miyut of a plural Chatzaitris is two. So Matam Alem Shtay, why did the Torah have to say Shtay Chatzaitris? Same answer, Sheyu Shavuz, both Chatzaitris had to be identical one to the other. Hasiv, Rav Chagi, Rav Yasa, so Rav Chagi asked the following question to Rav Yasa, which is Negea to Arsugi here. It says in the Pasuk, The two litigants should stand in front of the Dayanim. The, the complete Pasuk is, So the two litigants should stand in front of Bezdin. Now the same thing. The the minimum of the plural of Anashim is Shnayim, Matam Eloim Shnei. Why does it say Shnei Anashim? Sheyu Shav, they should be equal. Now here, of course, no two people are identical. They could be similar, but not identical. So what does it mean, Sheyu Shneim Shavin? It means that they should be the same social class. That's what the Gemara thinks at this point. Vahak Siv, that's not true. They can be of different social classes. You should not bend the din of a ger or a yasim if he has litigation with someone else. So now, if the ger has to be identical, the same social class, two gerim. The yasim has to be identical, the two litigants, the same social class. If that statement was true, what did the Torah have to say? Don't slant the mishpat against the ger or yasim. 
let's say he's in a lower social class than a regular Jew, a rich Jew, so he's not in the same social class. So the Torah says, Loisata Mishpat, Ger Yosayim. Hare Ger Donim Mishena Ger. Vyosim Donim Mishena Yosim. It has to be that they are not in the same social class. Because if they were in the same social class, what is he being mate? One gear against the other, one gear against the other are equal. One yosim against the other, one yosim against the other are equal. LMI, it's two different social classes. So you can't give your answer that shnei ha'anashim means that the two litigants have to be shoved in the same social class. So the Gemara says, okay, I admit to you. But if it's so, our original question comes back. In lam since anashim, the meat of a plural is two, so why does it say Shnei Anashim? We know that it's two. The Gemara until now was learning that Va'amdu Shnei Anashim refers to the litigants. And the Gemara had a problem because if you're going to learn that Shnei is coming to tell us like the other halachas that we learned, Sheyu Shavin, it can't mean in physical appearance. It must mean in social status. The uh, social status we saw is not equal because a yasim can have a dintar with someone who's not a yasim. A ger can have a dintar with someone who's not a ger. So the pshat that Shnei Anashim refers to the two litigants and they should be equal in social status, that does not work. And therefore, we're going to see a switch. We're going to see that the Gemara now will learn that Shnei Anashim refers to the Adim. So first the Gemara said Shnei Anashim is the litigants, then the Gemara now is going to go to the Edim. And when we learn in a few lines down, Rabbi Yaisi Barbun's Pshat, we're going to go back that Shnei Anashim means the litigants. Says the Gemara, Mufna, the word Shnei, which you asked, what is it coming for? It's superfluous, it's extra. But the reason that we have it is Lahakish to compare it to another Shnei and make Exerishava between the two. Namer Khan Shnei, Venemer Lahalan Vayishara Shnei Anashim. By Elder Meda, they remained in the camp and they had Nevua in the Machana, while the 70 others that came and went uh, outside of the Machana. So just like in the case of Elder Meda, when they said Nevua, they were Shnei Anashim, they were not women or Ketanim. So the same thing in our Pasuk, which we're saying now, Shnei Anashim refers to Edim. Because the way we're going to learn the Pasuk is, Va'amdu Shnei Anashim the Edim, Asher Lohem Hariv, that they have the argument between them. That part of the Pasuk is speaking about the litigants. But the first part of the Pasuk, according to what the Gemara holds now, Va'amdu Shnei Anashim, that refers to the Edim. And we make Exerishava to Eldad Ameda, just like Eldad Ameda were men. They were not women or Ktanim. So too, Legabe Edim, Viamdu Shnei which now the Gemara says means Edim, it has to be men and not Nashim or Ktanim. We could ask a question doesn't the Pasuk itself say Viamdu Shnei Anashim? So that itself precludes women and Ktanim. These are Anashim. The Teretz, as we see from this Yerushalmi, that normally when it says Anashim, it includes women as well. 
And therefore, we have to have Xer Shava here to tell us, no, that here, Anashim means only Anashim and not women and children. The Chassam Soifer says that the Bavli in Shvuist of Lamed Amadalaf disagrees with this, and the Bavli holds that whenever you have the word Anashim, it is Memayet Nashim. As a general rule, it refers to men excluding women. However, from the Yushami here, we see no, that Yushami holds that Anoshim includes women as well, unless the Torah B'Ferish says not women. And if you have Xerah Shavit to Eldad Amedad, so we could say the Shnei Anoshim here refers to men and not women. Now the Gemara learns out Allah, we have learned, that a woman cannot be a judge, and she also cannot be made. And this is based on a Mishnah in Nida Daf Memtes Amid Beis, where the Mishnah says, whoever is kosher Ladun, whoever can be a judge, is also kosher Lahoid. And we can say it the opposite. If someone is not kosher Lahoid, they will not be kosher to be a Dayan. Both go together. If you're kosher to be a Dayan, you're kosher to be an aid. If you're kosher to be an aid, you're kosher to be a Dayan. And if you're not kosher to be an aid, you're not kosher to be a Dayan either. If you're not kosher to be a dying, you're not kosher to be a. It goes in both directions. So therefore, if Argamor has learned on Nashim Veloy Nashim that they cannot be a dim, so Mimela from that we learn out that they cannot be Dayanim as well. The Meforshim asks, if in fact a woman cannot be a dying, how come we find that Dvorah Vehishaifeta Sesisrol, that she was a dying? If a woman is possible, how could Dvorah be a kosher dying? And on this, we have two Terutzim and two different Tysusim who give these two Terutzim. One is the Tysusim Shuas of Chavtas Summit Beis, Shuas, where Tysus says over there that Enechanami, normally a woman is possible to be a Dayanis. However, if the litigants want to accept her, like we learned before in the Mesechta, that if the litigants want to accept a Puzzle, they are allowed to accept the puzzle. So here too, although a woman is puzzled to be a dying, she was accepted by the litigants. They had great respect for her, and therefore she was able to be a dying. Tysus in Nida Dafnunamid Aleph, Divya Maskal Kol, gives a different tarot, and he says that the Shaifetas Sesisrol of Dvoro was based on the Vua. So this is a special case. And we do not learn out from Devorah to a regular woman that she can be a Dayan. Now we come to the Teretz of Rabbi Yosef, Rabbun B'Shem Rabbi Yosef. He also is going to learn out from Ixayr Shava that Anashim V'loy Nashim concerning Adis, that a woman is possible Adis. But he's going to learn it in a different way. As we mentioned before, the Gemara in the beginning felt that V'omdushnei Anashim referred to the two litigants. Then it didn't work out the pshat, because how do you learn pshat and shavin? Social status uh, is not a factor. And then the Gemara switched that Vamdushne Anash refers to Adim. They made Xer Shavit to Elder to Maidan, and therefore women and Ketanim are apostle. Now the Gemara reverts back, according to Rabbi Yosef Berbun, B'Shem Rabbi Yosef, that Vamdushne Anash refers to the disputants. 
Let's see how Rabbi Yosef Rabun will learn that a woman is posulatus. Rabbi Yosef Rabun Bishem Rabbi Yosef Namer Khan Shnei. It says over here by Vamdu Shnei Anashem the word Shnei. The Namer Lahalan Shnei. It says it by Apishnaim Edim or Shloisha Edim Yumas Hames. So the Pasuk of Amdushnei Anashem is in Dvorim Perikutes, Pasuk Yudzayin. Two Psukim before that, Dvorim Yutes, Pasuk Tesvav, is the Pasuk of Apishnaim Edim. The Torah Or Hasholem in Ois Tes, there's something incorrect there. It says that the Makar of the Pasuk is Dvorim Yudzayin Vav. And it's incorrect. As we said, it's Dvorim Yutes Tesvav. Back to the Gemara. So Mala Halan, just like over there, by Apishnaim Edim, it's to Edim Afkan here in the Pasuk of Amdushnei Anashim, it's Apishnaim Edim. Now we just said that the Gemara now, according to Rabbi Yosef Rabbun, B'Shem Rabbi Yosef, holds that Amdushnei Anashim refers to the litigants, those who are disputing the case. Yet here the Gemara is saying, Afkan Apishnaim Edim. The pshat is that the Gemara is saying like it bounces back. Since I have this Zereshava, I start off with Pasuk Tezvav in Perikutes, Halpishnai Meidim Yakum Dover. And then I say that although Vamdu Shnei Anashim is referring to the litigants, but I use the word Shnei by Shnei Anashim to go back to the Halpishnai Meidim Yakum Dover and to say, that the anoshim that are written concerning the disputants, the litigants, is going to be used now for that posuk that is two psukim earlier, that that posuk is referring to Edim, and we're taking the shnei anoshim, which refers to the disputants, and we're now putting it into the posuk of Alpishnaim Edim Yakim Dover, and we're saying that just like the anoshim by the disputants, means men, so too, although women can be litigants as well, but since we have the word in the Pasuk of Anashim, we use that now to the Pasuk Tupsukim earlier, Legabe Edim, that there it refers to Anashim only and not to women. So that's how we say the Pshat here. Ma'ala Just like over there, Pasuk Tezvav, who's speaking about Shnaim Edim, Afkan over here by Vamdushnei Anoshim, Alpi Shnaim Edim. I use the Shani to go back to from the Shnei Anoshim, Vamdushnei Anoshim. I go back to the Shnei Edim, and I say that the Anoshim refers back to the Shnei Edim, and there women are possible. Although in the litigant stage, women are kosher to be litigants as well, but I use the Pasuk of Anoshim back. To the Shnei Edim, Api Shnei Edim, Yakum Dover, and I say there it's telling you that it has to be only men and not women. But now the Gemara says if you're learning this pshat, so what do I use the Shnei for the litigants themselves? I'm using the Shnei of the litigants for the Shnei Edim that it's only a Nashim and not Nashim. But how does that help me explain this simple pshat? That Vyomdu Shnei Anoshim, according to Rabbi Yosef Rabbun, B'Shem Rabbi Yosef, refers to the litigants. What am I using the word Shnei over there by the litigants for? 
you, you use the word Shnei over there to teach you something concerning very good but what are you using the Shnei in the Pasuk itself Anashim is two and why do you need again Shnei our original question so Nicomorah says that they have to be equal in what way not in social status, but one should not be standing and one should be not sitting. And as they both have to stand. We'll soon see the dying has discretion that he could say both of them should sit, but they can't have one standing or one sitting. One can say as much as he wants concerning the case. The dying says to one of them, speak short, speak briefly. One could say whatever he wants, and this one he tells to speak briefly. That is not shava. The one who's speaking a lot, the dying will probably be swayed to listen to him. Amar of Yehuda, Rav Yehuda said, Shamati, I heard Shem Ratzah Dain Lahayshiv Shnei and Mayshiv. That if the Dain wants both of them to sit, he can tell them both to sit. In other words, that's equal. Even though the Apostle said Vamdu Shnei Anashim, but if he wants to, he could tell them to sit, both sit, and then it's equal. Shnei Shavit. Rabbi Shmuel Oimer. Let's say a rich man and a poor man come to the Besdin. The rich man is wearing very fancy clothing. He looks like a wealthy businessman, and the other one looks like an Ani, and the judge might favor the powerful, rich um, litigant over the Ani. So therefore, we want to make it equal. We say to the rich man, either dress the way the poor man is dressed, you'll both look poor, or fancy him up, make him also look distinguished, Kishem Shatalovish, just like you look rich, powerful, distinguished, give the same clothing to, to the Yanni that he should look the same thing. And then the judge will not be swayed to one over the other. So again, this is how we say that Vaamdu Shnei Anashim, the Shnei means Shavim. How does it mean Shavim? That everything about them has to be equal. They both have to stand, or they both sit, they both wear the same clothing. They both speak the same length. No one is told to speak briefly. In that way, their shnei Shavas. So I've used the shnei of shnei anoshim to teach me a halacha in apishnaim edim yakum davar anoshim v'loy noshim. And I've used the shnei for the shnei anoshim itself that they both have to be Shavas in all the various ways that we have just learned now in the Gemara.